Well, Christmas is here. Hope your shopping is done because it's probably too late to order things on Amazon. I'm not 100% sure. But kids, welcome to big church. It's probably way more boring over here, isn't it? You guys have way more fun on the other side of that wall. Um, but we are glad that you are here. So let's, let's pray and ask the peace of God um, to rest on our hearts. And then we'll have a short 10-minute like, deal. I'm going to light some candles and we'll get out of here. Jesus, um, Father, thank you. Um, for the righteousness that you give us outside of ourselves, Father. We find great comfort in the fact that it's no longer on our shoulders, Lord, to make ourselves right with you. So peace of God, come and rest on our hearts, big and small. Father, and speak your truth to us in a way that only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to point out to you first that no matter where you stand with Jesus, if you talk to him every day, if you just stumbled in the door and have no clue who he is, this week, across this country and the world, we are celebrating the birthday of a Palestinian Jew born 2,000 some odd years ago. So while this holiday has certainly been secularized and trivialized and commercialized, right, you cannot deny the fact that this man, Jesus, with his mysterious and scandalous birth, with his controversial ministry, with the things that he taught, with the things that he claimed for himself, his execution, along with the claims of his followers that he rose from the dead, left an undeniable mark on the world. I don't care where you stand with Jesus, you can't deny the fact that this man deserves at least some of your attention right now in this season, across the world, right? Celebrating the birth of this man, so much so, right? He left such a profound impact on the world. This death of a Jewish man, right, uh, precedes the celebration of his birth, y'all, precedes the existence of our nation by 17, some 50 years, 17,000, some 50 odd years. We've been celebrating, they have been celebrating the birth of this man long before this nation even existed. Now, the reason, the wonder, and the mystery of it all doesn't connect with us is because the holiday has been turned into a playground for moneymakers. Let's be real, right? It's been trivialized in many ways, right? I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus comes on right next to Oh Holy Night and the depth of the thing totally, we miss it, right? We've substituted the miraculous conception for Miracle Whip and pumpkin pie, right? Boyo Boyo at Best Buy has crowded out the larger narrative of what Christmas was meant to remind us of. Y'all, not just that it's baby Jesus's birthday, but what his birth meant on the cosmic scale of time and history, right? Which is this, God came to us. God came to us. He pursued us. He made a way for us, chased us down. It was a rescue mission to those in a helpless condition. It's why we're gonna sit in darkness in a few moments to remind our hearts and minds that in our own strength, we ultimately fail to provide lasting, meaningful joy and value in our lives. Despite all our efforts to make ourselves happy with pleasure or money or toys or good friends, what we find in each of us is a nagging inability to find inner peace and joy. It eludes us, huh? We look for light but find only darkness. Anyone want to argue with that? The past year we've had, right, with the society in general that we just, anyone want to argue that our society in general is just overflowing with peace and joy? (laughs) Does anyone want to argue that? 
In a moment, we are going to sit in complete and utter darkness to remind our hearts that no matter who you are, how religious or self-righteous you are, no matter how unqualified or irreligious you are, every single one of us is in the same condition in this room, which is this. We are in need. We are fractured. We are broken. We're wanting to be whole, yet all the time sensing something is missing. We are celebrating this week. What we are celebrating this week isn't that everyone gets a new toy, although I'm pretty excited about that, right? Or we're not celebrating this week that humanity's not all that bad when everyone's being nice and crooning Christmas songs, right? What we revel in as Christians every Christmas is that despite our depraved, neurotic insecurities, despite our raging selfishness and inner darkness, he came to us. He doesn't tense up and whisper through strained lips, get it together, right? He doesn't scold us like an impatient and annoyed parent. Parents, raise your hand if you're impatient sometimes. Okay, good. We got some honor. I was about to say, I'll get the kids to raise their hand if you're not going to do it, right? Mommy and daddy need grace, just like everyone else, kids, right? God doesn't condemn us when he has every right to, right? He wraps himself in flesh. He comes down to us. He subjects himself to all the sorrows and sufferings that man can contrive. He preaches life and light. And we ultimately said to the Savior, to the King, to the light of the world, you are not welcome here. We had him killed. We knew, he knew, all of that would happen anyway, and he came anyway, right? He knew we would treat him violently then. He knew he would be ignored and belittled now. He knew your sin and mine. He knew our collective apathy and indifference towards himself, and he said, nevertheless, I've loved them with an everlasting love. What we get to remind ourselves every Christmas is that he acted when we could not. He lifted our faces when we were ashamed. He reached out to us when we had not the will to reach out to him. And y'all, he does it again and again and again. He lifted our faces when we were ashamed. When all was darkness within and darkness without, he gave light. He gives light. And he continues to give light over and over and over again. And when you saw no value in your own self, he found you and placed value on you and said, I love you yet. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. What, what does this mean for us in the context of this week? this over-commercialized, trivialized holiday? Well, it means amongst the chaos of Christmas, our souls get to find rest and peace in this, that what we have been given in Christ, this is my last, this is my last point, and we're gonna light some candles. What we have been given in Christ will outlive any gift we could ever give or receive on Christmas morning. Amen. And this is what I mean by that. Christmas morning's gonna be awesome. Kids, huh? Who's excited about Christmas morning? I'm excited about the toys I'm, that's going to happen, that I'm going to get to play with, right? Isn't it crazy? Y'all, listen, isn't it crazy how brand new things like new clothes, new haircut, new shoes makes you feel unstoppable? You know what I'm talking about? Kids, when you get new shoes, 
you can, rat, you can run as fast as a cheetah, can't you? Yeah, everyone knows that, right? And, and parents, look, you're like, oh, it's funny. Yeah, don't tell me you didn't feel like a new person when you rode up in that new car. You got that new house. You felt like on top of the world, like no one can touch you. For some reason, y'all, new things make us feel new ourselves, like it rubs off on us, right? Like I, I, I heard this pastor, what did you say, Matt? Yeah, exactly. I didn't, know, I didn't know if I should make a joke about it or not. Exactly. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I, was listening to this, I was listening to this pastor, and he said his kid was so excited on Christmas morning, he was crying. He was running around the house with tears in his eyes, right? Two days later, he walks in the room, and his boy is saying, I'm bored. He's like, bro, two days ago, the universe just exploded. And now you're like two days, that's all we get? Just two days, yeah, dude. Because every time, y'all, it fades, right? Getting joy through getting things is like trying to grasp onto sand. It just slips between your fingers the harder you grasp at it. Things, toys, possessions, they just don't seem to give the lasting kind of life that they promise on the offset. They don't deliver in the long term, right? They have power. It's great, right? Something. It's just like a spark compared to a flame, right? Kids, I want you to know this today, right? The kind of joy that you are going to feel on Christmas morning when you open all those gifts is pretty great, isn't it? It's awesome. I want to tell you this right now. Knowing and loving God is that times 10. Amen. Amen. Knowing and loving God is like Christmas morning times 10. Do you know why? Because it doesn't fade. Amen. It, doesn't, it doesn't break in two months, right, dads? <laughs> it lasts. It goes on and on. The stuff we're going to be freaking out about in a couple days is going to be in a box going to Goodwill in two years. Guarantee it, right? And every Christmas, we get to remind our hearts that while things fade in joy and significance, as Christians, we get to rejoice in something larger that will never fade, something that's given to us that will never wane in significance or meaning or joy. It's God himself that he came to us, right? Christmas is going to be awesome. I can't wait to play with stuff Santa's going to bring. But we get to sit back and know that we are celebrating a thing that can never be taken from us, that will never weaken or break or rust or ever change. Something that's not dependent on whether or not you've been naughty or nice, right? So Christmas morning, I want you, I want to challenge you to enjoy every minute of it and then sit back and remember that we are delighting in an historical fact that God came to us, that he pursued us, that he still pursues us, and nothing will ever or can ever change that great unchangeable fact of the universe that he is and that he loves at great cost to himself. Allow your hearts to be comforted by these truths that transcend our very existence, our nation, our time, the world itself. Man, I love that. God came to us. He comes to you here now, and he is not afraid of your darkness. He finds us in our most worst state and loves us yet. That's the gospel, right? He comes to us in our darkness and he's not afraid. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace removed from you. And remember this, y'all. Tim Keller said, every other religion is fundamentally advice. So 
Every other religion says this. If you want to get spiritual forces working in your favor, then do this, do that, and then do it in this way, right? This ceremony, this service, this ritual, it's advice on how to live. Christianity is not fundamentally advice. Christianity is news. It's good news. In fact, what they called it was gospel news. That's what the New Testament writers called it. The angels called it great news, good news of great joy, right? Advice is you should do this. News says this has been done on your behalf. Advice says when you go into battle, do it this way, flank his left, go for the knees. That's advice. News is the battle has already been won for you. Advice, advice says here are five healthy habits to prolong your life. News says death itself has been defeated, right? Advice is here's how you get rid of that horrible habit that's sabotaging your joy. Here's five steps to get rid of those habits. News is the chains of sin have been broken by the blood of Jesus, right? Christianity is not advice. Christianity is news. Good news of great joy. Stand with me. Let's pray. We are about to turn off every light in this place. We're going to sit in darkness together. So mom and dad, pull the kids close. It's going to be okay. We are going to let our eyes adjust and strain in the darkness. And as we do that, we're going to meditate on the insanity of trying to go about your life in darkness. We're going to think on how difficult it would be to function and live without the love of God in your heart and mind. We're going to turn out every light in this place. We're going to let our hearts remember that it's God who came to us in the helplessness of our own darkness. Then we're going to light the middle candle, the Christ candle. We're going to let our eyes adjust to that. We're going to marvel at how one little candle can almost light a room. And then from the Christ candle, the light will come to you, right? Right where you are, just like the love of God finds us in our own darkness, right? We're going to sit with that. We're going to ponder how his light has come to us and how each of us has a part to play in making his light known to others, right? So pull your kids close. You have your candles? Okay, we're gonna turn off the lights.